0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of the Dynasty Diehards. I am here with my man John Helm Camp. This is episode three of. We're going to get to at least twenty thousand, right, John? Oh yeah,
1: I ain't going nowhere. I'm I'm here if you are.
0: I got nothing else to do, man. Once a week. Oh God, that's going to take a long time. We're going to have to start going weekly, which you never (laughs) know. If you guys like us enough, we might just do it. You guys, we've got a lot to talk about. We just got out of the divisional round of the playoffs. That was an interesting affair. A lot to break down there. Some interesting things we saw. But if you're here for the first time, if you're here for the second or third time, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you are subscribing. If you're looking for something audio-wise to listen to, we are on Spotify and any of your favorite podcast platforms just to listen to on your drive. We make it easy for you. Either way you want to consume us, we're here. Make sure you subscribe. John, let's get into it. What do you yeah, think? All right, yeah, so- let's
1: go. We got we got lots of good stuff, man. I'm, I'm excited for this one.
0: So this is one of the hottest topics right now amongst football analysts, whether it's fantasy or not. You guys, Brock Purdy was nominated. He is a finalist for Rookie of the Year. Some love it. Some hate it. We're not going to talk about that necessarily here. Maybe we'll get into it. But my question is, long term, what we're seeing out of Brock Purdy, John, is he legit? I mean, he hasn't lost a game <clears throat> All He's
1: right, San so
0: Francisco in the NFC Championship.
1: Well, his his defense has San Francisco in the NFC Championship. Let's like let's call it what it is. Purdy's been sure. fine, um, and he definitely has a playmaking ability to him that's exciting. Um, we saw that in college as well. I don't know, man. Every time the ball comes out of his hand, I panic and I just worry that it's gonna. It, it looks like it's gonna be picked. It looks like a duck half the time, but somehow it just ends up in the right place. I don't know. Like is his ability to process is pretty decent. Um, I don't think that he's by any means a locked in, you know, star of a quarterback, but he has shown an ability to make plays. He's shown an ability to improvise. He's shown an ability to make the right decisions most of the time um, and not put his offense in harm's way. Not turning the ball over versus Dallas was uh, huge. So, I, I mean, I, I'm not here to like anoint him as the next great, you know, late round gem, like a Tom Brady esque that got drafted late and he's going to go on and win a thousand Super Bowls. Um, but I think there's something interesting about it. And I think that he matches the Shanahan system pretty well because they do have that elite defense. They do have that varied look in the running game. I think that he can operate that offense well. And I think that he deserves to at least have a shot to continue to run this offense and see if he can continue to grow and develop along
0: with it. So here's some stats I pulled. Just some grades, some stuff off of pro football focus. He was 41st in turnover-worthy play percentage. If you look at him, all quarterbacks all season, 3.5%. That's not bad for a guy who is Mr. Irrelevant. Second one, he's 14th in passing grade. It's 742 does that change your mind a little bit? Like, and I hear what you're saying, because yeah. we've, we've seen some of those throws. It like, kind of looks like he's throwing ducks, but like you said, they get there. Yeah. And they're not being graded as turnover-worthy throws. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really change my my opinion on it very much. I think 14th in passing grade sounds about right if you think about that. You're like, oh, okay, so he looks like an average quarterback. Like 14th sure. middle of the pack? It's like, cool, okay, yeah, that sounds probably about right for maybe what what we can expect out of Brock Purdy. I don't think that he's going to tear the league up by any means, but there's been plenty of quarterbacks who don't have alien athletic abilities who can go on to be very successful NFL quarterbacks and Tom with Brady. that defense Tom Brady, yeah with that with that running attack and the varied looks that they can do and the different ways that Shanahan can scheme up that offense, I think he fits what they're doing and he's shown a lot of poise and grit, which I know are like really buzzy words for quarterbacks. But he stands in there, he looks unflappable, he makes the right decisions, he moves them methodically down the field and lets his playmakers do the work for him. It works. I mean, I think that he should be willing, or I I think he should be given the opportunity uh, to keep leading this San Francisco attack.
0: Well, Garoppolo's out this week. We've already heard that. Mm -hmm. I think personally, pretty gets them to the dance you got to ride with the guy that got you to the dance right like you got to play him in the super bowl especially because he will have not lost a professional game yeah if they make the super bowl though does that cement brock purdy as the 2023 starter we heard a report from mike silver that shanahan's camp wants him as the starter anyway but does that make it impossible for them to pivot off of him as the starter
1: I think so. He gets them to the Super Bowl um, and continues to look strong and not turn the ball over and make plays with his legs and do all the things that they want their quarterback to do. I, I think that he's their their starter next year. The Trey Lance thing has just not panned out. I know they gave up an arm and a leg to trade up and and take him, you know, three firsts and then some extra picks in there as well, but they're getting what they want out of the quarterback from Purdy. Maybe it's time to just kind of cut bait with with Trey Lance, trade him to another team that wants to take the gamble on the athleticism and, and see what you can get from him from
0: there. Now question for you, do we know when Trey Lance is going to be ready? Is he looking more like camp? Is he looking more like week one, week two, week three? He'll be like actually fully ready to go. Uh, I'm not I'm not
1: entirely sure of his injury timeline offhand. Um I'm not sure. Cause that will be a big factor in what they can do with him. Right. It was kind of the same thing as Jimmy Garoppolo last year. It's like, well, he wasn't throwing the ball. So you're not going to make a trade right now. If he's not even cleared to throw yet, if, if that's, if we're looking at a similar situation where he's not you know, able to get on the field, I think that could definitely play into it. But uh, let's see, it was on September 19th was the first right. operation. So I would I think that means camp off the top of my head, but I'm not going to say anything that I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure
0: on No, And that would line up. I mean, it's, it's not a torn Achilles. It's a broken leg, which isn't great, but right. I think we'll, we'll see him back around camp. Do you think there's going to be much of a trade market for Lance though? Because when we saw him last season, he just, John, he wasn't good. Yeah,
1: he really wasn't. Um, But I don't know. His athleticism and and what everyone was talking about him coming out of college with his ability to run and stuff like that. And you have multiple teams that are very infatuated with that concept. And they've seen what Lamar Jackson can do and what Justin Fields did this year, rushing for over a thousand yards. Maybe they think that there's something there with Trey Lance where if he can get healthy, they can build an offense around him like Baltimore did with uh, with Lamar Jackson when he came in. So I don't know. There might be a bit of a market. They're not going to get back what they gave up. No way. But if they're committed to to seeing Brock Purdy as the starter, I don't know that it would make – I don't know that Trey Lance makes sense as the backup because he's so different skill set-wise from B- Brock Purdy. You want a quarterback that can come in and operate the same offense as Brock Purdy in case Brock Purdy needs to be replaced because of injury or performance or whatever – those are two very, very polarizing skill sets. I don't think it makes much sense. I mean, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo goes back to being a long-time NFL backup, and he's he's behind Brock Purdy. I don't know. They've got a hell of a conundrum to, to figure out in San Francisco this offseason.
0: They do, but for now, I th- I think there's a good chance they make it to the Super Bowl. Everybody's just given it to Philly. Sorry, Joe, our co-host who couldn't make it tonight. Big Philly fan. I'm not going to be shocked if San Francisco pulls this off. Now let's flip to the other side of this here. We had the bills and we had the Bengals, and this game did not go. I think as anybody assumed it was going to go, I was looking at a shootout. I put money in DFS banking on that being a shootout, banking on those quarterbacks, both just going buck wild. It's not what we got. We saw, what did we get out of Josh? Like what did we see out of Josh Allen? What was that? He folded under pressure at the end of that game. Not yeah. that they had much of a chance to come back and win anyway for being realistic, but he just lost it. And that pick was sloppy. And then you've got Diggs yelling at him Diggs, There's problems right now in Buffalo where there are not problems or in Cincinnati and Joe burrow burrow has yeah. been fantastic from week six on. He was the QB two in fantasy. I think it's fair to ask John, is he the QB one for you in Dynasty at this point? Has he supplanted Mahomes? Has he supplanted Allen?
1: So for me, I think he's definitely supplanted Allen. I would rather have Burrow than Allen, even though Allen offers that rushing up upside. But what we've seen out of Burrow as a passer has been terrific. I'm not willing to pivot off of Mahomes yet as the QB one because Mahomes led the league in passing yards this year. Uh, through for, what was it, 41 touchdowns off the top of my head? I'm trying to remember. A ton, 5,000 yards and 40-plus touchdowns, I believe. And he did that with basically Travis Kelsey and no one else. We're looking at Burrow operating an offense that has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. You're getting production out of the tight end position as well and also out of the running backs. And he was fantastic and, and great, but – What we're seeing out of Mahomes with less skill set is just an ability to make things happen and an improvisation that is absurd. I'd still rather have Mahomes because I think that they're going to continue to invest in that wide receiver room in Kansas City, whereas Cincinnati might be looking at having to lose T. Higgins because they're going to have to pay both Burrow and Chase coming up here shortly. Higgins could be a trade candidate this offseason. So we're splitting hairs. Joe Burrow has been fantastic – He's my QB two in Dynasty, not by much. He's elite. He's one of the best processors in the game. His decision making is absurd. I love Joe Cool. Um, I still have Mahomes as my QB one, but it's it's really close, man. He's up there in that elite echelon now.
0: Well, and I agree. What I what I think's interesting about the dynamic in Cincinnati and why I might lean towards having Burrow as my QB one is because for a few reasons. One, we know that they're going to go after some offensive line help to shore that up. Mixon yeah, he, got sacked
1: like, he got sacked like twice as many times as uh, as Mahomes this year.
0: Yes. Yeah, it wasn't good. But he still the thing is, he still got it done. Now, as to Burl's going to get extended, Chase is going to get extended. But I think they can keep T. Higgins because they are fourth in cap room, most cap room in 2023, seventh in 2024, and fourth again in 2025. So they have the cash to make these deals work. There are some other parts they can get rid of. I mean, they could move on from Joe Mixon which yep. not a popular opinion, but again, he wasn't that efficient this season. He was so up and down. He just wasn't reliable. And what we saw him do after that really rough first five weeks where we all wrote Cincinnati off to me, if he can do that for a whole season, he supplants Mahomes, especially if they can do these other things, if they can shore up the defense on this team, yep. there are a lot of things they can do, but you're, you're right. What Mahomes did this season with little to no help, pretty damn impressive. And I think for now, you have to say Mahomes is the QB one, but it can definitely be a conversation by mid next season. Has yeah. Burrow planted him.
1: I mean, it's definitely a conversation. If you want to tell me that Joe Burrow is your QB one, I'm going to go. Okay. Yeah. I see the argument for sure. I have no problem with it. Um, they're both right now. They have their own tier at the top for me. Um, and then you start the conversation after them. So yeah, Joe Burrow. Special, just really special. One of the coolest operators that that we have in the game.
0: Well, I think what's cool just about this matchup in general from a football perspective this weekend is we're probably watching two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks dueling off for now the second time yeah. in this matchup. Dude, I mean, this is like the new Brady
1: versus uh, Manning, right? Yep. Like you have yes, this, exactly. this looks like a collision course of elite young quarterbacks in, in the AFC for the next 10, 15 years.
0: So now I'm going to throw this out there because I'm kind of a Steelers fan. You may have noticed. Do you think, Can Kenny Pickett get the Steelers up there with the Bengals? I don't think so. I mean, even with that defense in Pittsburgh, if they got JJ Watt for TJ Watt for a full season, they're going to bring in some secondary help.
1: I I don't know. I mean, Kenny Pickett, very interesting rookie season. Um, Wasn't super high on him coming out you know, he was the best of a really weak quarterback class. But if you look at, you know, the last three years and then add in like the 2023 quarterback class, like of those groups, he'd probably be around like QB 10 or so. So I I don't know. I, I think there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Um, they had weird things happening with that Pittsburgh offense this year. Like Deontay Johnson had the most targets without a touchdown of any wide receiver in like, I don't know, 10 years, something like yeah, that. It was, uh, so, so you have weird, like fluky stuff there. Deontay Johnson's probably an eight to 10 touchdown per year guy going forward. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure that he has the tools to get them there. We saw s- some real good stuff from, Pickett. We also saw some really not good stuff from Pickett. Brock Purdy looked a lot better than than Kenny Pickett um, on the field this year. So I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not sure that they have the answer in Kenny Pickett. Jury's still out for me. If you have him in Dynasty, he's a hold. I'm not looking to go out and buy Kenny Pickett. I think we just need to see more continued development there.
0: Sure, and that's fair. I. I it's an interesting question. The reality of it is, like in my heart of hearts, I know Pittsburgh is going to be the wild card unless something freakish happens in Cincinnati they're always going to be good now what about the Browns though can the Browns with Deshaun Watson can they catch Cincinnati in this division
1: is it mean for me to say I hope not no because I feel the same way yeah I don't want to see Deshaun Watson succeed at anything he does in life um I don't say that about any football player except for Deshaun Watson but man Mm -hmm. what he yeah anyways different topic for a different time no I think that Cleveland's pretty far away um right now it it really looks like it's Cincy and Baltimore at the top Baltimore's going through some weird upheaval this offseason that they're not used to seeing as well um man since just they went from the uh cellar to the penthouse and they've got control of that division right now it's going to take a lot to to unseat them with the way that Joe Burrow's playing
0: well I'm going to be interested to see what Baltimore does now they've gotten rid of Greg Roman John Harbaugh kind of signaling, oh, we want to throw the ball a little bit more. Maybe we want to get one of those elite wide receivers to actually come here. And to do that, they had to get rid of Greg Roman, as we know. We heard from Sammy Watkins. We heard from Willie Sneed. It wasn't a good environment for a wide receiver to succeed. So Marquise Brown also. Marquise Brown, he, he wanted out. He wanted yep. to go to, of all places, Arizona. But, so... <laughs> i don't know man i don't i don't that team is a mess which we've talked about and i'm sure we'll talk about plenty more this off season yep with baldwin okay so first of all rashad bateman this is good news for him right it has to be i mean i love
1: i love shoddy i i think he's incredible he's dealt with injuries um I really hope that next year his his third season that he is healthy and on the field and with an offense that wants to open it up and throw the ball more because I, I think Rashad Bateman is awesome. Um I think right now he's a great buy in dynasty. You could probably go out and get him for a second. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Like I would do that. I'd I'd give a second for Rashad Bateman. In fact, I might go make that deal in a few leagues tonight. Um, but yeah, I think it's gotta be great news for him. I think they're gonna be looking to add another wide receiver potentially in the draft. Um, spoiler alert, we're also going to talk about, uh, incoming rookie Quentin Johnson tonight, J- Johnson tonight. And, uh, I saw Mel Kiper's mock draft had Baltimore taking him in the late first round. So they might look at shoring up their receiver room and, and opening up that offense a little bit more, which I think would be great news for everyone on that team from a fantasy perspective.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. That's what they have to do. If they're going to compete in this division, if they're going to compete with Cincinnati, especially because their defense just hasn't been that lockdown defense we've seen mm-hmm. in the past. So I'm excited to see what they can do with a new offensive coordinator and let Lamar throw the ball. We know he can do it. The kid's got a cannon. Just let him unleash it. Let him yeah. use it more often. Maybe you do that and he's not missing half of a season because he's getting banged up running the ball.
1: Right. Yep, I agree. I, I think that it would make more sense. I think if, 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 especially, this especially happens to me if they do decide to invest in Lamar Jackson long-term. If they give him a new contract this off-season, then it's like, okay, we're paying you a lot of money over a lot of years, then we need to protect you. And the way to protect you is start throwing the ball more and, and not have him run the ball 700 times a season.
0: Well, and you know, this is a franchise that isn't going to, they're never going to go into rebuild mode. That's Mm -mm. never going to happen. They're never going to allow it to get that far. This is an interesting division. It's a lot better with teams I wasn't expecting to be at the top. You've kind of thought the Browns were on their way there with Kevin Stefanski. Mike Tallman, as always, is always putting together good teams. And then those two just kind of fell apart. And then ownership makes mistakes in Cleveland because they're handcuffed, John. They're handcuffed to Deshaun Watson. They don't have money. They don't have money for the next five to six seasons. So... I think Burrow is going to continue to win this division. This is going to be a Kansas city situation where they win it for the next four, five, six years without much contention, no matter how hard these teams try.
1: Yeah. It looks like it, which if you asked me three years ago, if that was the case, I would have laughed in your face, but that's what we love about the NFL is that the NFL has parity. It's structured to have parity and for there to be ebbs and flows throughout the league. So yeah, I'm, I'm, It's going to be really fascinating to watch this division. I think that Baltimore has a lot of questions to answer this offseason, and they better get it right if they want to hang in there with Cincinnati. All
0: right. Well, we got a little off track there from the Joe Burrow, but let's dive into the next thing. Buffalo, the way that they lost to Cincinnati, they almost didn't put up a fight. They were down 21-0 at one point. It looked over basically after two drives, when they went up 14, nothing, it was ugly. But I think we can all agree. The one major problem here is that the bills need a power running back. James Cook wasn't getting it done. Devin Singletary isn't really that between the tackles guy. You don't want him doing that all the time. Right. They didn't have anything else. James Cook is a great piece, but he's not, you're not going to use him at the goal line. And you're not going to have him be a bell cow. I looked, I pulled up some numbers and I I found this really interesting. And I think this kind of tells you what the problem is in Buffalo in a nutshell. Here are their rushing leaders. Devin Singletary with 819 yards. Then Josh Allen with 762 and then James Cook with 508. As far as carries go, Singletary with 177, 177, Cook with 89, Allen with 67. That is too many carries for a quarterback like Josh Allen. You're not going to win games against teams like Cincinnati, relying on Allen to be your running game. Because if you can't get it done in the 20s, they can just, inside the 20s, they can just load up on Allen.
1: Yep. Yeah, they need to revamp this uh, rushing attack, and they've got some questions this offseason because Devin Singletary is about to be a free agent. So they're going to have James Cook on a rookie deal, um, who's a great pass catching weapon that i think they need to utilize more in the passing attack next year um i agree with you that they need a power back may i interest you in one Roshan johnson that we talked about on the first episode running back out of texas in the middle rounds this year throw a big thumper back there who can tote the rock and make defenses honestly commit to stopping the run and loading the box because they know you've got someone who's you know, 230 pounds about to run you over if you don't. And then that opens everything up for the passing attack and and for Josh Allen as well. So they're going to be definitely in the market for, you know, changing up this rushing attack. And I think schematically they need to change that as well, because similar conversation to what we just had about Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen can't be your second leading rusher and taking a beating because he, he runs physical, too. Yes. Like he's not yes. a running back that goes and slides and gets out of bounds and stuff like that. He's no doing way. the whole um, John Elway helicopter move every yes, time exactly. he goes to That's run the really ball. Yeah, it's exactly. like, dude, you're going to get so hurt so fast if you try to keep that up for a decade. They need a power back that can take the beating to protect Josh Allen.
0: So, I'll ask you what you think about this because David Montgomery is about to be a free agent. I can't really see Chicago resigning him. They've got Kittle Herbert waiting in the wings who when giving a bit, given a bigger workload was more than efficient, almost more efficient than Montgomery at times. Could you see a guy like David Montgomery landing in Buffalo? I mean, they went after McKissick last offseason and had him ripped back to Washington. So
1: there are so many running backs that are going to be in the free agency market this year that they could take a look at David Montgomery would make sense. Kareem Hunt is going to okay. be a free agent. He's a big dude. Jamal Williams, Rashad yeah, Jamal Williams. I think Jamal
0: Williams stays. I think Jamal Williams stays in Detroit.
1: I think so too. They love him They love him too much. But again, if 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 they come in with a bigger, better deal, you, you never know. I mean, there's. It depends on. It depends on how much money you're wanting to spend here. If you're Buffalo, right? Like, do you want to spend it on one of these expensive guys? Are you looking for a lesser investment? like a Ronald Jones uh, to be a power back. I don't know what they're, what they're going to want to do, but the, the running back carousel this offseason is going to be crazy, which is basically why I'm not touching many running backs via trade in my dynasty leagues until the dust settles a little bit. But I agree. I think David Montgomery would be an interesting fit uh, as a bears fan. I would hate to see him go, but I would understand it. We're not in a place right now to bring, like to have a running back on a second contract, even though we have a ton of money to spend. Like right. I, I get that, but I could see him leaving in free agency as well and us looking for more of a pass catching back uh, in the draft. So David Montgomery would be really interesting, and I think that he would do well in that offense if they wanted to you know, feature him and give him 220 carries a year.
0: Sure. He, just, he feels to me like that missing element in the red zone that yeah. they didn't have. Their leading red zone carrier last season outside of Devin Singletary was Zach Moss, and he only played five games uh-huh. with the team. So I mean that's obviously they couldn't they couldn't punch it in.
1: And you can't stuff. just be you can't just be one dimensional in the red zone. You know what I mean? Like I know you have Josh Allen and he's your like red zone back, basically, but if they have an actual running back that has to be respected at the goal line as well, it opens everything up for Josh Allen on those keepers for the play action passes down there inside the 10. I, I I agree with you. I think they need to address running back. They've been trying to basically for two years. Right. Um, and it just hasn't been working they need to they need to make a big move at it this offseason
0: well and as much as i love james cook because i do big james oh, yeah. Cook, fan. Me too. he's like my third or fourth most rostered running back in dynasty he's still he's not that bell cow he'll his max he maxed out at 14 carries in week 13 against new england right that was his highest carry total and i don't think you're going to see him get more than that because he's just he's not he's not like his brother He's not that big bruising back with quick feet. He's got the quick feet and he's shifty, but did you don't want to put a guy into that much pressure that size? So
1: he's, he's one of those running backs that needs to be deployed at like 10 to 12 carries, but then also give him five to seven targets. Like they need to lean on him more in the passing game, especially because they have no weapons outside of Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis fell on his face this year. Um, put him out there, like line him up in the slot. Let him go cook a linebacker, man. Like he ran those option routes all day long at Georgia and was just destroying linebackers on them. Like he needs to be a bigger part of their offense in the passing game while they bring in a complimentary power back as well to that offense.
0: Exactly. So can I ask you this? Is there a chance that Bijan slips far enough down that they could have a shot at him?
1: There's always a chance because you never know how the league's going to value a running back. Um, so if there was a slide to happen, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Bijan. Even though I think that he's a top ten talent in this draft, you never know. Um, the running back position is always undervalued because they have short shelf lives, and you know basically by the time a running back is ready for their second contract, you're essentially looking to the, to replace them. This isn't someone where you want to go draft a wide receiver like a Jamar chase and be like, cool. He's our wide receiver one for the next 12 years. You know, that's not what happens at the running back position. I don't think that he falls, but if you tell me that teams start looking at it and going, ah, well, I'd rather go take a corner. I'd rather get a linebacker here. I'd rather, you know, take a wide receiver here. And, and he ends up sliding a little bit. It's possible that he falls on draft day. If he falls into Buffalo's lap, I'm going to laugh so hard because there's no way that he should fall that far down the board, but you never know what's going to happen in the draft. There were people that thought Malik Willis would be a top five draft pick last year going to Detroit. And he lasted until the third round. Dude, I thought so too. I thought it was a chance. Like you never know what's going to happen on draft night. So I don't think that it happens. I think odds are Bijan ends up somewhere around like 12 to 15. I think that's probably what happens, but you know, you're only looking at him needing to get to 27, 28 for 28, 28, 28. For, for Buffalo yeah. to have a
0: pick. Uh, actually, I think
1: I think it's 27 because Miami's draft pick was forfeited.
0: That's right. It is 27. So,
1: correct. so if if you're projecting him to go around pick 15 to 18, could He happen. only has 10 more spots.
0: Yeah. This, so, I just want to ask your thoughts on this, then we'll move on to Quentin Johnson here. But I've seen – I saw a mock on NFL Network today that had him going at 22 to the Chargers.
1: I will cry. I will cry so hard if they decide to do that. And I don't think there's any way that they do. If, if you're looking for a complimentary piece to your stud pass-catching running back in Austin Eckler, why are you spending a first-round pick on it? That doesn't make any sense. It would be like, it would be like Jacksonville uh, going and taking Travis Etienne with the last pick in the first round when they had James Robinson on there, you you weren't going to expect James Robinson to tear his ACL. It makes no sense to double down at the running back position in the first round. Like it happened to work out for Jacksonville because James Robinson got hurt. And then, Oh shoot, we can put Travis Etienne into the mix. It actually was like really lucky that way for them. Not for James Robinson, unfortunately, who's no longer employed, but um, I just don't see the chargers trying to give a complimentary piece to that backfield and drafting Bijan Robinson. That makes no sense to me.
0: Well, it doesn't make any sense partially because they already have Isaiah Spiller. Now I'm not saying that Isaiah Spiller is going to light the world on fire, but he can serve that role. They had him this year and they used Josh Kelly instead. So why they would go out and spend that kind of capital on Bijan doesn't make any sense to me. I'm really glad you agree with me. I was just really annoyed by it earlier. And so is Jen to be fair, as we were watching (laughs) it. Like there's no way he drops that far. But I mean, any, anything's possible. Anything is possible, John. And even if he does, I don't think he goes to the Chargers, but they've made questionable decisions. So, so, we, never so know.
1: We, we know that Las Vegas needs a quarterback, right? We know that that's probably going to happen. The Derek Carr era is likely over. It's not official yet, but it sure looks like it is. What if they go out and they get Tom Brady and then suddenly they're sitting there with the seventh overall pick? And they're looking at the board and they let Josh Jacobs go in free agency. And then you have Bijan Robinson sitting there.
0: I mean, I could see that. It Doesn't it that like just kind of sound McDaniels. like a
1: Raider thing to do?
0: As I was going to say, it sounds like something Al would have done. Definitely sounds like something Mark would do. I can totally see that happening. And what's interesting about Vegas is that they've kind of told Josh McDaniels, like, go get your guys. And if he gets Tom Brady, they're talking about letting go of Waller and Renfro, moving them. I mean, does Gronk come back? Oh, God.
1: Oh, Gronk in silver be, and I don't, black. I don't,
0: don't want to be one of those people that's like, just like, just, you know, this means Gronk's coming back. But like, this feels like he tweeted out late in the season that he was bored. Yeah. He's got yeah. A to rest his body. Las Vegas is like, that's his jam, dude. Gronk oh, in Las man. Vegas, and then you you pair him with Brady and McDaniel's. I mean, it makes me sick to my stomach to think. I mean, that. they would
1: just be they would just be running you know seam routes twenty four seven to Gronk, and then opening up Devontae Adams on the outside. All right, well, that's a really interesting uh, hypothesis and a, a rabbit hole that we can go down far. But like looking, okay, so looking at the draft board right now, looking at the picks, Las Vegas at seven. Carolina at nine if they don't trade up for a quarterback or address quarterback via free agency, uh, Philly's sitting there with the tenth pick. Like yeah. if if Bijan goes to Philly because Miles Sanders is going to be a free agent, you already have an embarrassment of riches on that team. Why not get the best running back in the draft to go with Jalen Hurts? Like to me, that's my pipe dream: is that is that Bijan goes to Philly at ten?
0: I told you that's not allowed to happen. Remember, I know. I know, it's but not I disagree. Fine, fine, <sighs> fine. Well, let's talk That's about so a rookie fucking. that I want to see land somewhere. I'm not quite sure where, but you guys, it's time for rookie watch. And tonight we're going to talk about Quentin Johnson, John Stin, Johnstin. wide receiver John Stin mm-hmm. out of TCU. John.
1: Yeah,
0: How's man. Johnson.
1: All right. Well, let's just start with some measurables. Uh, he's 6'4, 215. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets to the Combine at about 218 to 220. Put on a little bit of muscle and training for the Combine. Um, He is long. He is fast. He's not the most polished route runner in the world, but he's good. You know what I mean? Like, he's a good route runner. He he separates well. He's not one of these elite route runners that's going to turn a defender around and wind up wide open in the middle of the field like justin jefferson that's not what Quentin Johnston's game is but he is so big and so physical especially at the catch point and he's so good at manipulating defenders and leverages that he finds himself open even if he's not 10 yards open you know what i mean the defender is not going to fall on his face because of a route that quinton Johnston does but Late in a route when the ball's in the air, he's so good at manipulating defenders and creating space with his length that he ends up with distance between him and the defender at the catch point. And that's what you want to see. So Quentin Johnston, to me, he's a Martavis Bryant cologne. They are like the same measurables, except he's got a little more weight on Martavis because Martavis played at 210, but they're both 6'4". Martavis ran a four four two forty. I think that's right around when where Quinton Johnston could run. I think he's been confirmed at like a four four six. I think I know Player Profiler has him as a four five two, but I yes. think that he's a little bit faster than that. So I'm curious to see what he's going to run at the combine. But I think he is an X receiver all day long. And that is exclusively where he lined up. They would throw him into the slot every once in a while on some like kind of trick designs. They would do like end arounds with him sometimes out of the slot, stuff like that. But he pretty much lined up on the outside and his ability to stretch the field. There's a concept I'm trying to talk to people and teach them things that they don't already know or assume that everyone already knows what they're ta- What we're talking about. The term stacking when it comes to wide receivers versus defenders is when a wide receiver can get in front of a cornerback and literally be running their route with the corner behind them. Quentin Johnston stacks defenders with ease, including guys that have been clocked at four twos. Like he can take elite fast receivers – or elite fast dbs and he still is able to create enough like separation and speed in his routes to stack them behind him and when you do that you create an advantage because now you're dictating what happens next if you stack a defender you're winning the route and you get to decide what happens next and try to maneuver and manipulate that defender so quentin johnson to me I have not finalized my rankings yet. He very well could end up as my wide receiver one. If not, he's not going to be far behind that. He's going to go in the first round of the draft. Um, and he's a big body. Um, he's very similar in a way, I think, to what we saw DK Metcalf as coming out. People had knocks on him for his route running ability and that he only lined up at the X. That sounds very familiar to what Quinton Johnston is. Well, DK Metcalf has proven to be a pretty elite dynasty asset. So I think that Quentin Johnston and the tools that he has translate incredibly well to the next level.
0: So I I watched some film on him earlier this week, and this is going to be a really weird comp, but bear with me here. He's a more talented, less oft injured Colin Johnson type receiver. He does a lot of the same things that Colin Johnson did so well at Texas. But he does him at a, a slightly higher level. He's a little bit shorter, but he's a little bit more mobile and a little bit more nimble than Colin Johnson was. He hasn't suffered the injuries that Colin Johnson has suffered repeatedly. Unfortunately, I like I like Quentin Johnson. Do you think though? Is he, I mean, is he the best wide receiver in this class? In your opinion,
1: what's really hard about that is the whole Jackson Smith and Jigba conversation because right. that's where I struggle and I, I still need to to go through, I'm going to spend a lot of time in the next couple weeks watching a lot of film and really grading. I have my own like grading spreadsheet database that I do just for fun because I'm a maniac. I need to really do something with this. Maybe we put it up somewhere. I don't know. But um, Jackson Smith and Jigba missed essentially this entire year because of hamstring injuries. And before that, we only saw him operate out of the slot at Ohio state. So is he a slot receiver at the next level? Is he Justin Jefferson who lined up in the slot? in college, but has tools that translate and can flex out to being an outside wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, I think that he has those, those skills. So to me, Quentin Johnston is right there in the conversation depending on how Jackson Smith and Jigba grades out. I also love Jordan Addison out of USC who's a really, really great route runner. He is one of those guys that can make defenders fall on their faces. So there's, there's different flavors of wide receivers in this draft Um, you have the big guys like Quentin Johnston and you have route running savants like Jordan Addison, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba is kind of somewhere in the middle of the two. So it can really shake out in a number of ways. I'm pretty sure it's going to come down to one of those, one of those three for me in terms of who holds the top spot. All three of them should go in the first round of the draft. I'm seeing some rumors that Jackson, Smith, and Jigba might slip to the second, which would be kind of shocking. Uh, If that happened and the Bears are able to acquire a high second and pair him up with Justin Fields, I will cry happy tears. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Um, I want to see athletic testing for Quentin Johnston, but I think that he's right there in the conversation for wide
0: receiver one. I love it. So so some stats I just want to point out from his season, his 2022 season with TCU. He had a 44.4 percent contested catch rate. Very impressed with that. That'll play overall overall a 62.8 percent catch rate he's averaging 15.6 yards per catch and 15.6 career 8 out at TCU it was only 12.2 in 2022 but still pretty impressive in 2022 78 targets 49 catches 764 yards and five touchdowns that's a pretty good stat line in college i
1: think that, hold on one second i think you might be looking at the wrong stats
0: I don't think I was looking at the wrong stats at all. I promise.
1: I've got Quentin Johnston at 1069 receiving yards this year and six touchdowns. Hold
0: Where are you on. pulling Your stats from sir.
1: Uh, both from ESPN and from sports reference. Yep.
0: Yes, sir. You are correct. I did pull the wrong stats here. How dare you? I know. I know. What do you know? I am the well, Clemson.
1: So he's even better than you thought. So here, here are his stats this year. He had 60 receptions, 1,069 receiving yards, 17.8 yards per catch, six touchdowns. Um, I would have personally liked to see that touchdown number be higher this year, but they also had Kondre Miller at running back who just poached so many things in the red zone. And when you watch games for TCU this year, Quentin Johnston – he got tackled inside the five. It felt like three times a game on some deep pass that, um, you know, it was a contested catch and he, and he fell inside the five. And then they would hand it off to Conjure Miller. So he's an elite X receiver to me. He's one of those guys that lines up on the outside, wins contested catches, has strong hands, late hands, which I love to see. It's when a wide receiver is running his route and he doesn't show early that he's going to try and make the catch. So that way defenders can't clue in. That the ball is coming. He right. shows late hands a lot, and he's got strong hands. So he's a he's a physical wide receiver, man. He's in, he's the best of that breed, of wide receiver in this class. The guy that's going to line up on the outside and win those contested catches.
0: I love it. And just so I don't look like a complete and total dumbass, <laughs> I pulled my stats from PFF, which didn't include college playoff stats. There you go. So there are two okay. games missing. I was looking at regular season. Pro football reference, college football reference has the playoff stats as well. So th- there there's the difference. There's the difference. All right, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for tuning in. And again, don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel so you do not miss any shows. We're going to get a lot more exciting as this offseason goes on. We're going to have mock drafts. We're going to have more detailed rookie breakdowns, probably starting here shortly after the Super Bowl. We've got some more exciting stuff coming that when we start to kind of get it all polished, we'll tell you guys about it make sure you're following us on twitter guys we will see you next week do what i like